strapped in the trenches Making moves going all out Every day handle business You know that the hustle don't stop Got my team, let's get it Reviewing books and talk stocks Steady keep it moving So you gon' wanna tune in Get Lowdown, it's an app Get local food on demand Delivery right to your home Everything in the palm of your hand Took hard work and dedication Come through, join the conversation This is history up in the making We just wanna be an inspiration Hey, let's go Welcome to another episode of Bootstrapped in the Trenches. Keep your friends close and alleviate your enemies. We will be diving into The Banker's Wife by Christina Alger later on. And we'll be for that, obviously, going into how, you know, usually people hear the line, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. And I disagree with that personally. I think it should be keep your friends close and alleviate your enemies. So we'll dive into that. Uh, but and we al- we also have a couple childhood friends coming on the horn later, which will be awesome. Back to back dose of Corey's great childhood friend Josh Rosenfeld and my great friend from high school Frank Eisenban, both one of a kind in their own ways. So uh, and you know actually Josh has some great rapport with governor cuomo so it'll be interesting to hear his scoop on that but without further ado before we dive into all of that we have to go over our sunday night food comas and the current events and food for thought so let's dive into what did you go to town on last night Corey? so you guys aren't gonna believe this one but uh we had mcdonald's again whoa no i'm just kidding <laughs> corona Corey going to town on fast food <laughs> no we um we just had regular um, – what, what did I eat last night? It's a great question. I, I know I definitely went to town like late night with cereal and all kinds of snacks. And uh, I, I just went nonstop. After I had dinner, we had a healthy meal. And actually, no, we didn't. I apologize. I'm mixing up Saturday and Sunday. Every single day is the same in quarantine, so it's very Big frustrating boy. right now. But so we actually ordered – we were craving Chinese food, and actually all the restaurants around here, we wanted spare ribs. They're all closed on Sundays for some reason uh, due to corona. So we got – we ordered barbecue, baby back ribs, and some buffalo wings. And it definitely hit the spot. And then later, I just kept eating chips cereal everything and uh went into a heavy food coma typical sunday for me that's what sundays are all about Corey. yeah i love it i I like how you're going down hard on some unhealthy food once in a while here yeah i think sunday's just my day i don't even give a shit anymore i used to care and now i I feel like every day is a sunday for me lately i'm just running steps in fear of gaining weight and i'm just like pizza, ice cream cookies whatever Exactly. It's like, I'm not going to see anyone. I don't care. Right. Yeah. That's all there is to do. That's all there is to do is eat. And I'm not not mad about that. Yeah. Dan, what'd you eat? I had pizza and wings, Sunday stable. Stable. Usually an NFL Sunday stable. So you were in an NFL draft mode. Well, I was more in the last dance mode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, baby. You know, my favorite player of all time, MJ. So, uh, yeah, last night I, like I went Dennis I had Robin marinara pizza. Marinara. I love marinara. Awesome Just place. Awesome place. Disappointing pizza, Corey. I was not well, happy. I had a cauliflower well, crust. It was too soggy. I, so it looked it, well done, which I was pumped about going in. The The look of it was great. 
which usually yeah. means, oh, this is phenomenal. I went in for the kill. Did you get toppings on it? I did. So uh, we actually order that all the time from marinara up here. The move is to go just margarita because the cauliflower can't hold the toppings. And then mm -hmm. it like just gets completely soggy. But if you I, eat it there. I um, should have uh, sure confided in you before that order. So I could have understood what I was getting myself into. Because I'm usually a seasoned vet with that. I even asked for it well done, which they did. But yeah, the bottom. It just doesn't hold up. It doesn't. So that's one of the drawbacks of cauliflower pizza. But then I ended up also eating dumplings last night, pancakes, a couple chocolate chip oh, cookies. I, I mean, I literally, yeah, I went to town, popcorn, Dan style. I didn't go to the movie theater, but so that was, that was pretty good. And uh, yeah, tonight, I, I don't know what I'm getting. I'm actually waiting for an egg sandwich right now. I've been doing the whole multi-grain hero with ketchup avocado, spinach, eggs. I love getting my veggies in and dumplings or wraps or pizza. I mean, you know, so yeah. does the trick. But uh, if you're going to get them in, you might as well get them in with that wrapped in some goodness. Exactly. Or, I'll, you know, back in the day, I would just stuff it in my face right out of the fridge, raw spinach. I figure. I, remember that, Corey? I've, yeah, I could vision it in my head. <laughs> Easy way to get the day going. But uh, Dan, <laughs> what do we got current event-wise? Here's what we got. We got, it sounds like Kim Jong-un's dead. It hasn't been officially reported, but that's that's what the people are saying. So that brings us to meet Kim Yo-Jung, who is Kim Jong-un's sister, and possibly next up. So here's here's the lowdown on her. She attended school in Switzerland, much like her brother. She's nicknamed the Ivanka Trump of North Korea. And she refers to South Korea as a frightened dog that's barking. Now, the reports are saying that she's just going to be the temporary leader. And the reason behind that is because apparently North Korea will not accept a female leader. So... It'll be interesting to see what happens there because kind of I started going a rabbit hole looking up this woman and it brought me back to two or three years ago when Kim Jong-un's half-brother was assassinated in the airport with that chemical weapon. And, and now I'm just starting to think that that whole thing was a setup for a bigger ploy, which was to get the whole Un family out of power in North Korea. It was like, when you really think about it, now Kim Jong-un's dead. No one really knows how or why or if he's even dead. And now they're saying that the only one left, which normally would have been the half-brother, but he got killed, is now the sister, who apparently will only be able to be a temporary leader because they don't allow females to be leaders in North Korea. So... It'll be interesting to see what happens in North Korea. That's uh, that's my first thing on the news. And then another thing I have on the news that I read last night, actually Elon Musk tweeted this, and then I read the article that was put out by USA Today. And apparently it was something that said how hospitals get paid three times as much for patients that report positive testings for COVID-19. And even three times more than that, if they get put on an ICU bed. So this article is essentially painting a picture that it's beneficial for hospitals to claim that a patient tested positive COVID. And it was just 
like, whoa, what's going on here? So honestly, if it wasn't for Corey having COVID, it, it would have thrown me for a loop because here we are a couple <laughs> months later, Corey's still the only person I know that's had COVID. And that obviously legitimizes it because Corey's here. He had COVID, so it is what it is. But seeing that hospitals get paid more money if they have COVID patients testing positive kind of goes into the narrative that like our country seems to just be having way more of these cases than other countries and people are starting to question what's going on and it's making me question what's going on so that's that's what's up and then the other thing and this has just been like a theme for the last couple weeks but this morning was the latest where apparently the los angeles lakers applied and got the small business loan for like a little over $4 million and then they gave it back. So what's been happening is for our listeners who don't know, this PPP Act, which gives relief to small businesses to cover their payroll, rent, utilities for about two and a half months. It's apparently a forgivable loan. So what's been happening is there's been hundreds of billions of dollars that have already been lent out but they ran out of money and then they passed another bill to get more money. Seems like a lot of people aren't getting money and they're waiting to see if they are going to get money. But then there's this ongoing thing where like these companies keep getting the money and then giving it back arguably for PR stunts. But it's like, why are you applying for the money to begin with? If you're then just going to give it back to try and look good as a PR stunt. And then it's like, I don't think these people realize, and this is just an opinion of mine because I don't actually know if this is true, but if let's say the Lakers get a four and a half million dollar loan and then they give it back, it's not like that money now is like back in the hands of this PPP act where like somebody else is going to get it. So all these companies that are like getting millions and millions of dollars, like Shake Jack last week, Ruth Chris, and they're all like, oh, we're giving it back. We're giving it back. It's like, why are you giving it back? Why did you apply for the loan to begin with? And giving it back does nothing. It's not like anyone else is getting that money. So I, I don't know what the hell is going on with that. Kramer was on TV this morning on CNBC, like calling the whole thing a scam. And that was kind of crazy. And then the other thing on my news, and we can just talk about each thing one by one if you guys want. DraftKings went public yesterday. Mike, we were talking about it this morning. Are we yeah. buyers? Are we not? I don't know. The bulk case for DraftKings that that Bob actually hit me up after you were hitting me up about DraftKings. And he was basically like, the reason I love DraftKings as a stock is because every single state is going to need to legalize gambling just to get themselves out of the shit show that they're in right now. And that's going to be one of the easy things for states to do is legalize gambling to get more cash flow coming in. So you look at a company like DraftKings, their positions to capitalize off that. And I know that you could already use DraftKings in almost every state, but DraftKings also has blackjack and has craps and has other forms of gambling that it's been rolling out. And those things are only available in states that have legal gambling. So that's the that's the bull case for why DraftKings could be a potential company that really goes through the roof in valuation as you got states that are going to change their laws to make it more gambling friendly and their position well to capitalize on that. And then the only other thing that I have on my news that just obviously went viral to all people have been talking about on social media was how Trump – and this was the first time I actually watched it with today because I just wanted to – see it for myself but trump sort of suggested sort of didn't that ingesting disinfectant can cure the corona but he didn't really suggest it he kind of just like 
brought up the topic. So I think people should actually watch that video. It's it's interesting. I'm not saying that he didn't full on suggest it and looks like a damn fool. It, it was kind of taken out of context a little. It also kind of wasn't. It was like he was like just suggesting like, oh, you know, disinfectant kills the germ, the disease so easily. You know, what if we figure something out where you can ingest it? Yeah, <laughs> I'm work. like, I am yeah. overfatigued from the media on this. Honestly, at this point, I'm like, all I all I've heard about at this point, it all contradicts each other. And all I'm thinking is it's time to let people out. That, that's all that's been coming to mind. It's like enough already. I, I think like I hear Cuomo come on and go on these rants about how we have to extend this and this and that. And it's like, eh, I actually think, no, it's time to yank that and let people start resuming activities. I even saw the other day, you could tell people are getting in that fuck it mentality, whether that's good or not, who knows. But even the last warm day in New York, I did not see many people with masks on the social distancing did not seem in effect like it had been. And I don't know if you noticed that Corey, but I saw a lot of that the other day. Yeah. No, up here, it's pretty tight. I mean, they, even the convenience stores now you have to wear gloves and a mask and they like give them out for free. Um, yeah. I haven't seen anyone without a mask. looks like we lost uh, I've there. A lot downtown by like, you know, the, the different parks and it's just, I don't even know if it's just people that don't give a shit or what, what's the deal there? It's crazy. Yeah. The only people I've seen a, a couple kids like just riding bikes without masks and that's pretty much it. But yeah, otherwise it's been, you know, yeah, I agree though. It's, it's time to just end this and figure out what happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. This is the only thing I'm going to say about this because it's super irresponsible, but I, I have been living my life as, this doesn't even exist for the last week and a half. It's a problem. I'm asking for it. And if I get it, it'll be one of those like, well, yeah, you fucking moron. Of course yeah, you got it. Yeah, but that's exactly I, what that is. Yeah. yeah I'm mean, just, I'm over it. I, I want to enjoy my life. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm throwing yeah. it out there. And I think that's how, yeah. how everyone is. And including the older people who we're claiming to protect. I think they're they more than ever. Have, it's like how much have, time do they have left? So they're exactly. like, and that we're not North Korea or Iran where there's like a regimen in place where we're used to this. So it's just like, yeah. oh, because some countries, they're just, they don't care. They're used to this, but not many, yeah. but there's a few out there and that's not America. And then uh, America, that two things. So in uh, the Ruth Chris, when they got their loan, I saw they, Delivery. they got two loans. They got two PPP loans because they applied under two different businesses that they had subsidiaries and it's like why would you not only apply once apply twice but then they obviously got granted for it twice which i thought was crazy and then uh, another note i thought was it's like sports gambling it was for, in terms of DraftKings, it was like perfect for the sports gambling world this year when they announced it's legal in jersey and other areas and then they just got hit with no sports at all so it's just been that's just crazy year for sports gambling industry in general hundred percent. It's, it's wild. And, uh, yeah, it's, I didn't even know until today that those sites like DraftKings and whatnot have non-sports gambling too. Like my dad's got all these friends that live in Jersey. And since I can't go to Vegas, apparently they've been like loading their accounts and playing blackjack, playing craps online, things like that. And I, I think that sports gambling is positioned very well 
to take over the future. And when you look Me at too. what's going to be going on with that, with as many people being allowed to go into stadiums and people wanting to like feel involved, you would think that people are going to be gambling a lot. And people yeah. are degenerates. They like to gamble. Me, I'm, I'm included in that. I gamble yeah, my ass too. off. And I plus, think we could take advantage of that too, as we're seeing with like what Corey's been navigating with IU, the in-seat stuff, the in-seat gaming, in-seat delivery. I think there's some synergies there. Oh man, betting in real time at a game that you're actually at is like it's an incredible experience. I don't know if you guys have ever done that. The internet has to be good, but for sure, yeah. I've done that. It um, great. It talk about like really having a lot of stimulation. Yeah, plus with DraftKings, it's limited overhead. I mean, and you look at like FanDuel, they have a huge casino in Jersey. You can place bets. It's, you know, it's a sports book right in the stadium. It's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. So. It's crazy. I didn't, when I was watching the last dance last night, I and I got to rewatch the last episode because I like kind of fell asleep halfway through it. I, I didn't realize, and uh, maybe I'm like a little off here, but if anything, the last dance shows how much Jordan's teammates were the reason behind their success. Like that team couldn't actually win until they brought Rodman in. And when Pippen wasn't playing because of his contract issues, they weren't really winning. So when like people always compare Jordan to LeBron, I I couldn't help but watch. I don't know. I was watching. I I I completely disagree with that. First of all, Jordan won way before Rodman was around. He won championships before then. He won in 91. Rodman wasn't there yet. And 92, 93, his first three championships, Rodman wasn't around for. That show has been confusing me. Like, that's, yeah, I know. It's it's actually been done very, very backwards. Yeah, you could tell it's It made again last night the way they even did that. It didn't make sense because Rodman wasn't involved in the first Bulls chapter with them. And they kind of made it seem like, and I'm glad you're telling me this because i'm watching this i'm like oh the bulls lost to the pistons and then needed to like get run in in order to like get over that hump and then when you're kind of seeing that storyline start to develop all of a sudden it just like starts going into robin's life his, his whole entire yeah. life where it's like wait what happened with the whole piston bull rivalry and, and they skip around like crazy i was actually talking to uncle al about this who you know diehard bulls fan and he was like yeah i don't think jordan gets enough respect for the lack of talent that was actually around him throughout his career when you look at the teams they beat like that utah jazz team was phenomenal oh insane I mean, Carl malone when you look at him he was one of the best players of all time and so was john stockton hornacek was beyond underrated that whole team was so good and there were so was that Sonics team and those Blazer teams. There were a lot of teams that Jordan made. Pip, Pippen was a good player for sure, phenomenal defender. He was not a great player on his own at all. Like, let's be real. When you look at him, he did decent with the Bulls without Jordan, but he was no superstar without Jordan ever. It just is what it is. So when you really look at the team, Rodman <laughs> was the most natural a most natural, able basketball player he ever played with for what he was great at. As a rebounder, defender, he was a, a beast. But yeah. at the end of the day, Jordan did not have great talent throughout his career around him, even close to what LeBron's had, not even close. 
Yeah, well, LeBron as of late, with LeBron's early years with the Cavs, when it was kind of a similar situation, he was going to the finals and losing. He had no one. I mean, yeah. he had Delonte West. It's kind of the same thing. But LeBron, had it. you know, with Wade and like he Jordan yeah, never had it that. Wade and a Bosch. No, you no. know, you got not at all. Keep talking. I'm just changing locations. Like when you look at a Luke Longley, that guy was just a joke. Like he didn't have a big man <laughs> that was ever really formidable after Bill Cartwright who wasn't even in his prime at that point. Yeah. I mean, and uh, later in the years, it got better with like Tony Kukoc yeah. and Steve Kerr. He had assets because all Jordan has to do is drive to the basket, kick it out. If he has knockdown For shooters. Sure. Well, that shows how perfect. dominant the guy was. I think it would, it's just been cool seeing Jordan just hang out talking about his view on things. And it's funny, like you could tell he hates Scotty Pippen. Like that's the yeah. vibe. They clearly don't like each other at all. And Isaiah Thomas, big time. Oh, that that we always knew that, Corey. And I know you know oh, Isaiah yeah. Thomas well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, overall I'm just enjoying the documentary because there's nothing else going on. But you can tell it was rushed. Like they jumped yesterday, uh, like Dan was saying, like literally from eighty nine to ninety one and then to ninety seven. Made no sense. And I guess they're trying to guess, like, put the Rodman storyline together. How he was on the Pistons at one point. It was a rivalry for the Bulls. They fucked and that then up. They kind of, yeah. And honestly, every single thing is in the book that in, in eleven rings. That, you that whole story. That. Yeah, Rodman smoking the cigars with Jordan. Like that was all in there. It's pretty much the book summed up. It is. We we know all. There's no secrets here. And you know. No, it's just interesting. Like my uncle was going over, like he would have loved seeing Jordan come out and admit why he actually left the NBA and his thoughts on the whole, why his dad was murdered with the gambling rumors. Yeah. Like, I mean, kind of like solidifying that. Cause anyone, my uncle's been adamant on that for years since that, that happened. Like his gambling deaths killed his. Yeah. yeah, like he has like a friend of his used to be in a foursome with Jordan golfing like all the time. Like there were, you know, so he lived in Chicago and was around, you know, that circle. Yeah, didn't so, you say his neighbor his he was lived next door to Luke Longley? Luke Longley, yeah. I met him a couple yeah. times. But it it's so, just like when you hear things like that, it's like interesting that what actually happened there. You I know? know. And I, I wonder Jordan, but it's almost like a guy that no matter what, he's protected on another level because he's more than an athlete. Like we've talked about this before. Yep. Do you so, think uh, the the more juicy stuff will come in the later episodes? I don't see it. Like I don't think that'll ever actually come out. That like yeah. what what actually is the deal? If that's the truth or not? And obviously, I have no guarantee that's the truth. That's just like my uncle's been adamant on that for years. Yeah, and no, I've heard that so many times and, as well but there's no actual proof of it. So it's, again, that's just hearsay, which is not, there's going to never be a time that that comes out. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. we were just going over the whole Jordan thing with like, why did he actually leave the NBA was, you know, and his dad, the death thing with his gambling, you know, Al's always been adamant that that's the case, but they haven't even no, dove into that yet. But I, Corey, I don't see it getting juicier on that aspect. Yeah, I was. I'm, I've honestly every single. I mean, obviously, there's only been a couple episodes, but I've just been waiting for it. And yeah, there's no storyline at all about that. And but it I has been. Been about about not, it's annoying. Like, Wait, it's about, about about what? About what? Hold on. Tell me the that, whole gambling that, thing, like when he left the NBA and his dad getting killed, and you know, for sure. 
Yeah, I'm glad you guys yeah. are shedding some light on it because I'll be honest, as someone who didn't like know the full timeline of the Bulls story, that whole entire show has been confusing the shit out of me. It's been it's confusing probably- even people that know the story. I know all those Bulls teams because I was a big Bulls fan as a young kid, like since I was four. So, you know, that was one of those things where it's just it's confusing because they don't have the storyline correct. Like even doing the thing with the Pistons, great. That makes sense because of the timeline. But you don't have to then go into the Rodman Bull story yet. Yeah, it just it seems out of order. There's it, I think it it's too much juice squeezed into like uh, too short of a documentary series. There's too much information and uh, it just wasn't done right. But obviously people appreciate it because there's nothing to watch right now. And and honestly, the, I think the world needed it. Definitely. It, uh, I yeah. agree. Need and even what you say that. about, even what you say about like the Scottie Pippen thing, like I'm watching that and I'm like, oh, Jordan's almost kind of flat out saying that without Scottie Pippen, like we suck. And but you, it sounds like you think he like hated Scottie Pippen. I look at it like he looks at Scottie Pippen as a dude who sacrificed making a lot of money his whole career in order to like be a part of the Bulls. He did and that out of I, being. First of all, Scottie he, Pippen had more career earnings, I think, than Jordan. <laughs> And when all was said and done. So like that was all, you know, at the time, obviously he made a bad deal for himself. That had nothing to do with sacrificing anything. Yeah. I think he was trying to uh, protect his family at the time. Yeah. With his dad, I think had a stroke. Yeah. Did Scotty Pippen eventually get like a fat contract in the NBA? Yeah. He he ended up making over a hundred, 110 million in his career net earnings. Didn't he lose most of it? Yeah, I mean, he made some shitty decisions. I think he got divorced a couple of times. I know his wife now is like one of the Kardashian friends. And I don't know. It seems like they've gotten divorced and remarried a few times. That's <laughs> why he's Pippin Pippin. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, he didn't lose it by tipping. Yeah, no way. No, no chance. <laughs> but no, Pippin was a hell of a player and in terms of the best number two of all time when you think about it. Yeah, he's a piece that you need to win a championship. If yeah. you put him by himself, he's he's not doing anything. Exactly. So, yeah, that's uh, and yeah, guys. I guess before we have Nose come on here, Corey, did we? Do you have something else you want to dive into with food for thought? Yeah, food for thought. Or just you know, obviously we can't travel. Everyone's quarantined, and I've just been thinking where I want to travel and all the awesome meals I've ate over the years during travel. So I was just gonna do the top three foods that you most remember during, you know, a trip. I know you guys been all over the world. Oh man. And, uh, I mean, the scale yeah. experience I brought up a few podcasts ago when I choked on a scale in Croatia, not one of the, <laughs> my favorite experiences, but I remember eating a crepe shortly after, which was great. Um, Japan, when Dan and I were there, of course, with the, uh, actually going around and eating sushi by the piece at those cap it was insane actually the way those were set up at the fish markets like we could have moved in there they just give you one piece at a time and i'm starving waiting for the next piece to just be thrown in front of me so can't beat that experience and i remember when i was abroad visiting uh, my buddies in italy the food in florence i there was this chicken cutlet sandwich i ate on the corner one of these like right off the slabs like cutting it down and it, it was the best chicken cutlet I've ever had, Corey. Oh, it sounds amazing. So those are the, a few right yeah. off the top of my head. 
I got, yeah. I got one, but let me first drop some knowledge on uh, Japan and the fish market Mike just talked about, because this is something I always tell people because I was so amazed when I found this out. But we go to this fish market. It's the biggest fish market in the world for incoming and exporting fish into Japan, and it's in Tokyo. And we go there, and we're walking around. We're seeing all these different crazy fish that are getting ready to go to the different restaurants in Japan and whatnot. And then we see the tuna section and there is this one frozen tuna. That's like almost the size of my deck. I'm talking like this thing was like, it must've been like 12 feet. I don't know the exact size, but anyway, it was frozen like a giant piece of ice. And what was crazy was that it actually came from Long Island. And we found out on that trip that all the best tuna in the world, even tuna that they eat in Japan comes from the oceans in the Atlantic, from Long Island, New York, that whole area. And because sushi is a little bit more popular in Japan, the best of the best fish get shipped all the way to Japan from that area of the world. So that was amazing. Wow. Um, I think one for me, do you guys remember when we were in Belize and we had that dinner in the backyard at like, it was like a huge table. There was like 16 of us. It was in a backyard, like a long table. That was awesome. Um, it's just a, like a completely different experience, just dining with a bunch of random people. I know, that Mike, was, you, you preferred the Chinese food in Belize. I did. <laughs> I also, I forgot to mention, Corey, when we were in Bali, Dan and I, the last meal we had there, like on our excursion, the guy that was like helping us at the hotel we were staying in took us to his village and we ate in some outdoor like cafeteria status. It was insane. I've never sweated more in my life during a meal. Like my shirt was drenched. I think we paid like two bucks a person to eat. Like, I don't even know what I was eating, but it was, it was but it was pig, I'll never forget. It was pig was intestine. A, that's what we were eating. Oh, pig intestine. Yeah. And we didn't know that that's what we were eating until like we were enjoying it and sweating. And we were finally like, what is this? And so, we're like, oh, it's pig intestine. And we're like, wait, what? <laughs> if you, yeah, it's like, if you knew, would you eat it? Maybe Probably not. not. I mean, yeah. you know, just because you were there, it was almost like, why not? Like when you're going to eat like a cricket in Thailand or, you know, some random bug that you wouldn't even think about eating here. Yeah, it's interesting because I always want to try like exotic things when I go to different places. But then I'm like, do I want to get sick in this random place where, you know, the healthcare system is corrupt and everything is corrupt? <laughs> right. I'm just like, like shitting my brains market. up. When we were in Chiang Mai yeah. in Thailand, Dan, that Sunday night market, remember I took a lot of footage there, Corey? That was. Yeah, hey, I remember following all your stories. Yeah, I must have gone through three bouts of food poisoning along that journey. <laughs> <laughs> So that was yeah. something. So where's Noah? I got one for you. They, uh, maybe like the Wait. best pizza place I've ever had was when I was in Beijing in China. And yeah, it's, it's the great wall. Yeah, it was like five degrees outside. It was really cold. We took like the subway down to just like this downtown Beijing area and went to this bougie Italian restaurant that had some of the best pizza I've ever had in my life. Mm. That was after I had been in China for like three weeks and hadn't eaten anything close to anything that resembled what I'm used to back home, even though the food was insane. That's the so best feeling. It was, so, it was the best feeling knowing like everyone was like, oh, you got to go to this Italian restaurant in Beijing. And it's like, oh man, that's just, I love Italian food. And there's nothing more that you want when you're abroad after at least a little than just like a taste of your own stuff. A good pizza. Like, I, I'm, 
that's the first thing I always get when I get back to the States is like, I'll order it on my way home from the airport, a pizza that's just nice and greasy to fill me up. And then the next day I'm diving into like a big pork roll, egg and cheese, everything bagel from a bagel place in town. Cause I just know that's like, that's as American as you can get. Yeah. Is that the place when uh, we had Andrew Bellucci on Dan, that you were saying like, you love the pizza there? Yes. Okay. I remember that. And then uh, until Andrew Josh Bellucci. gets on. Yeah, shout out uh, uh, Lombardi's Pizza. Yeah. My other place I went to, uh, nothing crazy, but just me and Sarah went to Jamaica a while ago, and we just had like this guy was just making unlimited jerk chicken at the beach in the hotel we stayed at. And it was just like the best rice, jerk chicken, the spicy sauce was awesome. I just ate it every day for like a week. That was actually, yeah, (laughs) now you're reminding me of in Bali, we had fish on the beach, Corey, like that type of vibe. Where it was yeah. like fresh fish, and I don't even normally eat fish because of the scales and bones, but that was a great experience. It's always good when you have that fresh, right there. Yeah, exactly. I'm, and they, uh, I'm loving the segment. Yeah, my last one was the Gua- the coffee in Guatemala when we were going to the Mayan ruins, and we stopped in that random shack gift shop, and they just had free coffee. I think we bought a bunch of beans home. I think that's actually when we really got into drinking coffee, or at least you, Mike. Big time. That was a big time. Uh, um, mostly the culprit, for sure, with yeah. Travis, not Shaw. Yeah, T. Shaw. Yeah, no, that's when I started drinking coffee daily. I never drank coffee before Belize, and then we had it every morning, and then I got back to the States and been drinking coffee every day since. Now I drink like eight cups an hour. Yeah, that, young man that was the- it was a great trip. I always uh, reminisce on Belize. We just hit like every – Dan, you like set it up perfectly. You hit – we hit every single part of Belize that you needed to. Dan at one point was driving a van in the middle of Belize, had no clue where we are, just on a dirt road, taking us to an excursion. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. got to do another that- Belize trip. Yeah, that was Ernesto. A cool Ernesto. Hmm. Nesto is our guide. He took us tubing in Belize and he had dreads. And on the way back, he just took an orange, cracked it open, <laughs> and just let the orange squeeze all over his dreads. And we were just like, wow, this guy's an Belize. animal. He also, <laughs> he also was friends with Madonna. Yeah. He took us on that sick, sick excursion. He like took us up the waterfalls. Yeah, that was yeah. fun. That was cool. That was fun. And then I, I guess the last one I'll throw in, since we're talking about all these cool countries where you can get food once people can get back to traveling, there's nothing better than the El Pastor tacos in Mexico. Those are you're in, Yeah, whether you're in the Puerto Vallarta area, the Playa del Carmen area, when they're able to shave those things right off the rotating whatever they call it and, you know, comes with a little bit of onion, it doesn't get much better than that. So El Pastor yeah. The oh, fresh cool. tortilla ladies in the back. Yeah. Um, all right. And then until he comes on, I guess, what uh, what do you guys think your first uh, destination will be after quarantine? I give, like, oh, man. I'd like, probably go visit Dan in Charleston after I'm able to, like, hang out and actually enjoy New York for a bit. For You know, because since I've been here, it's been this. Yeah. So I'm pumped it's for a, good a few weeks to explore New York and hang here. Yeah. How about yourself? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. Probably somewhere with a beach. Need to just get yeah. away. Anything but New York, anything but my studio is, will really be a, uh, a vacation. 
I know what you mean, Corey. I have that beach vibe too, where I want to just go somewhere for like a week or two and, you know. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I always want to go to a beach when I want to go on vacation. But now it's like I've been so cramped up. The last thing I want to do is like sit around. So as much as I want to be on a beach, I also just want to like do excursions and random shit that I usually won't. For sure. I'm with you on that. That's gonna. That's interesting to think about too. I love it, Corey. Yeah. Ready to go cake. Go caving. Now we're talking. But no, I personally, the banker's wife, we might as well dive into it until nose gets on. I was not a fan. I thought it was very plain Jane bland. Like it, it just didn't get me going at all. I was waiting for that punch. And the whole time I'm just like, this is not doing it for me. I enjoyed it. I thought it was, uh, there was a lot of twists at the end. I mean, I guess it left me a little, I felt a little cheated at the end, but there were some twists I didn't expect see happening while I was reading it. I mean, it's definitely like an uplifting book for, for women taking on powerful men and just like, I don't know. It, it was interesting, but everyone, it was also very just obvious. Everyone kind of yeah. knows about the corruption inside the world. Of uh, and the I get it. World. You're right, Corey, being the female author, I under, which I think it was good too that we, that was only, I think our second book by a female author. So it's good. We switch. We got to bring more of those into the mix, but it was almost like, it's interesting that point of view because you basically the, throughout the whole book, the two main characters were both females. When you think about it, one of yeah. them being the widow of, of the guy that got killed by being trying to dig every all their dirt up and the other one being an investigative journalist who also happened to be marrying into a corrupt family. So, yeah, and even the even the third one, uh, the third girl who was his the assistant to the banker's oh the Zoe. Banker. Yeah. It was Zoe. Zoe. Yeah, yeah, Zoe. So yeah, when you think about it, that was cool to think about because I think a lot of times you see protagonists and stories be male based or they'll like throw one female in, but it was cool that you had multiple protagonists in that light. I just thought the, it was well written, but I just thought the story, Corey, was almost too predictable. Like you knew like what a scary movie was going to be going into a scene where it's like, oh, it's going to be scary now. Like it was almost like too set up in a way where it's like, okay, mystery thriller. We know where this is going. Yeah, like in a movie, it, it could be interesting. In the book, it was like too parallel. It's like, because just the way the book's set up, it goes character to character. Yeah. And it's like, all right, you're in this one woman's world where she's seeing exact, like, they're just too parallel and too consistent. Where, yeah, it, it you obviously knew it was kind of going to happen in the end. But, but I think uh, it brings up the question it's like, when, at what point is like ignorance bliss? Like, when it, it, when is doing your job enough? Or like, and when is it a moral thing where it's like, oh, well, if I, I can't live with this, you know? And here's, here's Josh. The legend himself, Josh Rosenfeld. What's going on, man? There he is. How you What's doing? How are so you? Josh, we definitely uh, we're happy to have you on. Just uh, give, introduce yourself and uh, give us a little backstory about you know what you do, your job, your work, and uh, yeah, yeah, give us a little uh, guidance. So I work in uh, public affairs, um, which is the best way to describe it is it's like political and governmental nonprofit PR. Um, so it's kind of um, crisis management, strategic communications, um, you know, 
kind of dealing with issue campaigns and, um, you know, just kind of messaging campaigns and put, getting issues from companies or corporations or governmental entities or nonprofits, uh, taking issues that they want either passed on a legislative level or uh, on a public level um, and messaging those, you know, shaping those campaigns to appeal to the public and to legislators. Um, you know, prior to working uh, on the private side, I spent, you know, 10 or so years uh, in government um, doing communications uh, of, of that kind of same level, but on the, on the public side. So your last job, you were working for Governor Cuomo or with his office? Yes. Yeah, so uh, before I went to my current job, I was Governor Cuomo's, one of his deputy press secretaries. Um, and I did that for two years. Um, and before that, I worked for the New York State Department of Labor, doing the same job, um, you know, just for the Department of Labor. So with everything go going on with Corona, I just wanted to hear your thoughts, especially, um, you know, with your job, with your experience and Corona just taking over New York City. I mean, what, what, do you, what are you hearing on the inside? I don't know if you could talk about what you know or, you know, what you don't know, but definitely wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have much of an inside track. Um, you know, I have some friends who still work for the governor, um, but, you know, I know that what's going on in the, in the city and, and in the state, it, you know, has been crazy. Um, you know, since, since day one, uh, things have kind of escalated incredibly quick. Um, and, you know, we're, we're very informed here, you know, every day the governor does a press conference and, and, uh, kind of updating what's, what's going on. And I think they've been pretty upfront about everything that's happening, which has been great, you know, kind of being on the outside, it, it's really helpful to kind of know what, what's, what's going on. Um, living in the West village in New York city, it, it's kind of crazy because a lot of the people in our area, um, have left, uh, you know, wh whether they've gone to, uh, you know, family or, or just, uh, you know, other houses outside of the city. Um, it, it's pretty different, uh, seeing, you know, what West village normally looks like versus, versus what it looks like now. Um, and you can kind of tell, at least in my, my area, people are taking it really seriously. Um, now I don't know. I, I truthfully wonder, a part of me wonders whether weather had a lot to do with that because it's, the weather has not been great here. Uh, and that's been good because you don't see as many people out, but on the days that it, it, it does get really nice, you know, people are, are very out and about and, you know, I, I, I'll walk my dog, you know, all the time. I have to, she's a puppy and, um, I'll be like, Oh, why are these people outside? But in reality, I'm actually outside too. So I guess I shouldn't be judging people being, I was working for, for the governor all hours of the day, all hours of the night, kind of just busting their ass to to get information out there and constantly doing press conferences. I mean, like I said, I'm pretty sure the governor has had a press conference uh, for like a month and a half, two months, which when the governor has a press conference, that you know, for him are working around the clock to prepare. So, um, Josh, what is uh, Governor Cuomo like behind closed doors? Is he as advertised? as we see him on these press conferences? Yeah, he's a very serious, he's a very serious guy, um, you know, very, very business. You know, my interactions with him were, uh, like directly were, were not, uh, you know, we didn't have a ton of interaction, just one-on-one, -on -one. Um, but, you know, he, he's a very hardworking, 
um, brilliant, you know, ser- serious guy. He just kind of takes everything he does very seriously and, and um, is a workaholic in, in a good way. Um, you know, he, he's constantly working to make sure that he's, you know, knows what's going on and, and making everyone feel, you know, comfortable, especially during a time, time like this. Do you think he'll make a run for president? Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, that's not, not, not an area that I, you know, am, am too well, well versed in, um, you know, at this point, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't see right now, um, you know, we have, we have the, the Democrats have their nominee, so I don't, I don't see uh, anything changing right now. And I think he's very committed to New York. Cool. Yeah. It seems, it seems that way. Well, no, I was going to ask why well, I, I know that I'm pretty sure you are a Democrat, right? Yeah. What are your thoughts on the the nominee? Uh, you know, I I, I I'm going to vote truthfully for whoever uh, whoever was the nominee. Uh, you know, I think really as, as long as the the Democrats win the election, I, I I truthfully don't really care who the nominee was. Um, I as you know, you're not going to agree with every single politician's goals, um, you know, and platforms, and I and I think. Uh, um, that if, if you agree with every if you agree with everything that the you know a, a politician does then then I'm not sure you have you're really looking into issues I think there's always going to be things you disagree with um, and I think that's the way our country works and should work um, you know but I, I'm happy I'm happy to support whoever uh, is the nominee uh, for the Democrats uh, based off the current field uh, you know and, and Biden obviously is the nominee right now but I was happy to support whoever um uh, against against our the current administration that was a very very political answer give us the unfiltered version (laughs) (laughs) biden is kind of yanked and you know (laughs) yeah it makes sense i get it yeah i'm good at my job yeah (laughs) (laughs) for sure you can tell you've been in politics for around it for a decade Josh, what did you dive into that field? Like, as a kid, did you always want um, to be on that road? What what got what got me into into this field? Yeah, I can't. I'm sorry, you guys are breaking. Oh yeah, like what what interest in going into that field in general? Like, what got? Were you as a kid fascinated by politics? Yeah, I, I mean, it's funny. I I never when I was in high school, I never really knew what I like. I I always knew what I wanted to do would involve talking in some way. Um, you know, I, I was always kind of involved in, in activities in school and, um, I was always a very political person. I think without realizing I was a political person, you know, I was always very drawn to leadership roles and, and things, you know, making things better. I didn't really know what that translated to until my parents recommended that I go and, um, run for class council when I was 16 in high school and I, and I had zero interest in doing it. I thought, you know, I was like, this is lame. I was an athlete. I didn't really want to do anything to that effect at all. Um, I ended up, you know, becoming the president uh, of my class in high school. And then I ended up becoming the president of my class in college. I mean, I, I started getting involved in, you know, actual government and paying attention to the issues. And my first internship when I was 19, uh, I w- worked for the late U.S. Senator Frank Lautenberg. Um, and you know, in his constituent affairs office in Camden, New Jersey, and I kind of opened my eyes to public work. And um, you know, I've always really been drawn to, you know, trying to make our world a better place. As lame as that, uh, you know, not lame, but as 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 candid as I know, as cliche as it sounds, uh, you know, something that really always interested me was was just kind of trying to do good, uh, you know, for for our world. Uh, and that was kind of how I got into it. Um, and then I went back to grad school after I 
graduated college and I worked um, as a legislative aide to a state senator for, for a few years. Um, and I went back to grad school because I really wanted to like really get into certain issues. And I got my master's in public policy and public affairs. Uh, and that truthfully, I took grad school a lot more seriously than I took college um, just because uh, I think when you figure out what you want to do, it's a lot easier to um, really care about school um, because you kind of are choosing to go, you know, not everyone goes to grad school, uh, you know, and so you're like, oh, well, if I'm choosing to go to grad school, then this is what I, it better be what you want to do. Uh, it did not hurt that I paid for grad school. And I think that's one of the reasons I also took it really seriously. Um, you know, I was fortunate to have my parents pay for college. Uh, I, I paid for grad school. And, and um, I think when it's your own money, you're like, shit, all right, I, I better take this seriously. Uh, and when I did that, I got really just involved. Uh, I had a fellowship, um, a political fellowship uh, at the at a place called the Eagleton Institute of Politics. And um, it kind of just took off from there. Uh, and, and I've really just been involved truthfully since I was 18 to, you know, now I'm 30. Wow. Awesome, man. I got two last questions for you, and then we'll let you go. Uh, one is, what impact do you think we'll see in 2021 from Corona? And uh, like impact um, on, be any... on, our, on our society? Yeah. I think it's going to be really interesting uh, because I think it's going to take a while for everyone to feel comfortable, no matter, you know, regardless of, you know, whether things blow over. I mean, things aren't going to just, there's not going to be like a light switch where you just flip it and everyone's like, Oh, we're just going to go back on. At least I, at least I don't think so. Um, I think everyone's going to be really hesitant um, to go outside and, and be normal and, you know, go to a movie or go to a game. And, you know, I think, I think people are going to be really hesitant to, to do that right away. Um, you know, people taking public transportation, you know, at least, especially in New York city. Like I think people who live in outer boroughs who work in, uh, you know, Manhattan, I think are going to be very nervous to go and take public transportation, uh, to come into the office. So I think that's going to be, you know, even when things get better, I think people are going to be really hesitant. So I think a lot of companies are going to be figuring out ways to be strategic and like, um, how to allow staff to continue to work from home at least some days throughout the week as, as we figure out and get more comfortable. Um, but one thing I, I read a funny tweet and I can't remember who said it. Someone was like, you know, we're never going to go outside. We're never going to go to concerts. You know, it's going to be decades of pe before people feel comfortable doing things. Um, but in 1918, the, the Spanish flu killed, I think like, I, I don't, don't quote me on this, but I think, I think the number was something of like 200,000 Americans um, and someone was, and then two years later, the roaring, the roaring twenties started and it was a crazy, crazy decade of people partying and going nuts. And so as much, I'm not saying that's going to happen here, but as much as, um, you know, as much as I think it's going to take us a while to get comfortable, I do think people are going to be itching to, to get out. So as long as we do it <laughs> smartly, um, you know, I'm not positive, uh, I'm not positive how many people are going to be willing to wait and do it smartly but as long as we do it smartly i do think things will go back to somewhat normal but it won't it won't be the way it was before i think you're going to see some subtle differences i think you're going to see a lot of masks um people wearing far more people wearing masks even when this uh when this is over and maybe you know the days of handshakes might be might be gone um which i think you know is not the worst thing we could come up with yeah. some cool, not cool signals you know elbows and then um Josh, uh, my, know, my last question for you, being that this is a food podcast, my last question for you, being that this is a food podcast, 
what has been your most go-to yeah. ordered food since uh, quarantine started? What have you ate the most? It's a great question. It's a great question. And I think the answer, it, it's two answers. And I think one will, you'll, you, you won't be surprised that and one will, one will uh, kind of shock you. Uh, the first is pizza because pizza is like the easiest possible thing to get delivered. Uh, it's also my favorite food. Um, and living in the West Village, uh, there's a lot of awesome pizza places. Um, I've made it a thing like every other Friday. I've been ordering Prince Street pizza, which is <laughs> wow. Jeff, Jeff Dorman, absolutely, just absolutely outstanding. Teller. Yeah, Jeff oh, Dorman just chimed in. Do you see that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I did see that. Yeah, yeah there, goes there, again. there it is. Uh, I, I would say Prince Street, uh, and the second is Thai food. Um, mm, I, I never ate Thai food before I met my wife, uh, and now we eat it, you know, quite a bit, and it's and it's really good, which is I know surprising to you, Corey. Thai is phenomenal. I'm a huge Thai fan. Yeah, me too. What's your go-to dish, Josh? Mm. Uh, I don't do the ordering. I just tell Alex get me something with uh, meat and uh, like <laughs> food, uh, Ooh, and and high. not and not a ton of vegetables. Um, so it's some kind of pork uh, and some kind of like beef satay. And then I don't know. I'm a big I'm a big peanut sauce fan. I don't really know any of the dishes of uh, the names of the dishes though. Gotcha. It's mm. classic pad Thai guy. Well, yeah, man. We appreciate you hopping on and appreciate your time. It was My- great talking to you. My pleasure. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Well. Stay healthy, buddy. Well, I was a, little, a little choppy. I don't know if that was his internet or ours. It seems like whenever you guys were talking, it was okay. I think it was his. Yeah. I guess uh, West Village not doesn't have great internet. It doesn't. I mean, I'm nearby where he is. It's definitely randomly choppy, for sure. We're about to have a great friend of mine from high school, Frank Eisenbahn. First guy who introduced me to marijuana. Show he really got me like out of my shell, Frank. I, I give him credit for that for bringing out the ruthlessness in me and the shamefulness, the shamelessness. We uh, I used to have a great time with him and his older brothers hanging out at their house. We played ice hockey together. That was some of the most fun times of my life. We'd play roller hockey. His mom would whip up Italian feast. We'd hang out in his basement, smoking pot, doing random raps. It was, you know, just having fun as kids did. And uh, Frank Eisenberg, yeah, we went down to senior prom together too. Had a blast in the limo ride down there with uh, our whole team, with Paul and Joe as well. And pumped to see Frank. He's been quite a personality over the years. The kids got over 100,000 Instagram followers just off being so charismatic. Like anyone that meets this guy loves him and wants to hang out with him and go away with him on a trip. He's that kind of dude. And he's got a website called thefrankyshow.com and his Instagram handle is Mr. Frankie Time. And he literally, like, companies will hook him up with free products to just give him shout-outs and pay him. And he's that type of personality. Like, Frank could be in movies. So maybe after this podcast, we'll manage him into fame. So when you think of, like, a Chris Farley from back in the day, Frank has that type of vibe. And he's like a not he's like a Tasmanian devil with energy. This kid is just nonstop and he's the man. I don't Corey, have you met him? No. I just I follow him on Instagram though. So, something, huh? Yeah. He he plays Santa Claus for charities every year. Like Frank's done it all, really. The other account he has with the, the Italian deli meat. 
Oh, Mortadella. He's a huge Mortadella fan. I'm sure he's had some in the past 24 hours. Like, I'm pumped to talk to Frank about his intake on food throughout this quarantine. Because I know he he's in town. Calls himself the carb slut. He, I actually just sent him an email to an email that was related to Mortadella. <laughs> really? What was it? Well, I don't want to say his email oh, on our podcast. I mean, yeah. I mean I'm but, sure he would love that. But yeah, time. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> What's up, boys? How are you? What's Thanks up, for joining us. Pretty awesome. Thank you. Uh, you're, you're always doing awesome. Frank is the most well-dressed person, like naturally. Like I get up right. and wear sweats. Frank gets up and is like, look. I yeah, want my sweatsuit game know. is really on a new level. Dude, how do you do it? I'm a personal chopper for myself. That, I mean, I know. But, Frank, you've always just had that knack. From I just steal it from other people. Like Tony Soprano wore Fila. I boil a lot of Fila. That's just what it is, you know? See, and Frank's the only person I know that could rock that and look good doing it. And really, look good <laughs> yeah. doing it. you know, I was really just—I was thinking the same thing. He really yeah. is the only person that can get away with the look he gets away with. Hey, Danny, I appreciate it, brother. So, Frank, I was telling these guys we played hockey together. Guys, Frank, literally—I thought he was fucking around. Hockey tryouts come around. He's like, "Yeah, Mike, I'm gonna play. We got this." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, sure, Frank." You're playing. And we used to play roller hockey together and had fun. I didn't think he was taking it seriously. And he just shows up at tryouts, makes it, obviously. And the first shift gets a penalty. Literally, I'll never forget Scheniger's look, Frank. He's well, you know, he's right. I, I played hockey growing up, but I couldn't really skate. I could skate. I could go forward. I just couldn't stop. So it was a big, uh, it was a big obstacle to overcome. I just, I never overcame it. I just but, decided Frank, to go with it anyway. Out. This team, so we were on an expansion hockey team at Watchung Hills. Like, it was the beginning of hockey there. And because of Frank playing on the team, the crowds were just packed. Like the oh, yeah. We had signs. I had fans. Yeah, it was amazing because Frank. Schinniger was our coach. Schinniger put me up for failure because he literally goes, here's your time, Frank. You're going out there, and you're going to go hit number 56 because he's picking on <laughs> Klein. And I'm like, all right, no problem. And I ran out there, run, really, because I don't really skate grace for that. I kind of just run. <laughs> and I hit this kid with everything I had, and the crowd went nuts. I got a 12-minute major, and Shinnegar's like, you're never going on the ice again. And I'll like, never forget that. Shinnegar. You set me up for this thing, man. We had some great times on those buses. Do remember the kid that threw up trying to impress you by eating dip? Yeah, he, he didn't really impress me too much after he threw up. <laughs> that was something else, man. And, you know. Failed. And Frank, yeah, I, I smoked pop for the first time in your basement. You like you introduced me to getting out of my shell in high school. Yeah, I was pretty bad influence in a lot of ways, but no, good influence as you get older. Frank, like Frank, introduced me to like the world, world where it was like outside a watch on bubble, which was needed. Where it was like that mix, where you know, where it was almost like okay, let's go. Where Frank, well, you, like you came going. into your, you came into your own, all right, Mikey. You look good, bud. Dude, you too, man. So what's been going on? How's the quarantine been treating you? It's miserable. Living what everyone else is living, but, you know, I'm pretty proactive with my time, and I've been spending the time doing some stuff that I don't have time to do now. What, what's been one thing that you've been able to do that normally you would never even think of? I taught myself how to speak Italian over the past two years. No way. And um, really, I'm proud of that. And I've been in Italy a couple times the past couple of years, and being able to speak fluent was always a dream of mine, and I hit that goal. Wow. But then I realized that, like, all right, there's plenty of foreigners coming around here, especially in New York, and it's like, you know, 
me happy, me like eat pasta, whatever. There's no real conjugation. You, you know, I wasn't able to get to the real fluent level. And so this past couple, call it month, I've been able to really perfect it. So, so you know fluent Italian now? Absolutely. Dude, that's Absolutamente. Wow. See, Frank, so, you know, I had time. Yeah. When's the last time you had enough time to put earphones in and just listen to you know, conjugating verbs? I wanted to pull my hair out in the beginning, but you get used to it, and I'm pretty proud of that. So, Dude, I don't think well, I'm capable of learning another language. I've tried. I just don't think my brain works like some that. Some people can't, man. Some people You're have an earphone and you don't. Even as being able to do that now, like, isn't it one of those things that's much easier when you're a kid and now you just pop in? That's dope. I don't know. It wasn't Frank, that hard. Right? The, the truth of the matter is, as you get older, the one thing you realize is you get smart at everything. You get, you understand how things work. I play video games. I used to play when I was 12. I'm awesome at them now. Like, just <laughs> it gets better as you're older, you know? That's a good yeah. point. Oh, man, we got to get Wii Tennis going again. Dude, that virtual was tennis was the best. Virtual yeah. tennis. What happened to DeVerto? I mean, why don't That's we have a, a real question. conversation? Where so, is Joe DeVerto? Joe DeVerno. It's like, where is he in San Diego? This kid fell off the face of the earth since Mike, your brother's wedding. I haven't even seen him or heard from him. Dan, you have know? you heard from him? Maybe he's like talking to Dan on the side. He's reaching out to Jeff, maybe. Yeah, Jeff and him are hanging out. I don't, dude, I honestly have no idea what happened to DeVerno. It's a mystery. My other roommate vanished too. It must be something I did. Berkeley? <laughs> yeah, Liv I don't know. Maybe I living with you is like the ultimate, like, that's it. I know, Frank. I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm still here, though. Yeah, there you go, Corey. Corey. Hell yeah. Yeah, so living proof that Mike's not a psycho killer. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, girlfriend life train you, Frank. You got a gorgeous girlfriend. You've been so – how, how's the space with that? You don't live with her. Very, very – smart in how I manage all my relationships. My girlfriend and I definitely do not live together. That's why we're dating, right? But we take, uh, we do three days on, three days off, you know? You can't do more than three days together in a row or everything's just gonna blow up in front of you. So you gotta take the three days and then be like, all right, as much as I don't wanna say it, I'm leaving or you're leaving for a couple of days and then we'll pick up back on. Wow. Unless That's it's awesome. a trip, if you're on vacation, you're going somewhere for an extended period of time. You know, I get it. You could go. You could do a week, two weeks tops. More than two weeks, you're really playing with fire. Yeah, it's a wow. good rule of thumb. I like that. Let's honestly, the most living with girls right now, Corey and Dan. So, guys, how has that been going? Yeah, uh, exactly what you would expect. <laughs> like, like Frankie said, you know, you have three good days, probably followed by three bad days. It's only uh, a matter of time. But uh, you know, I think we both know what's we're in this situation, so you got to make the best out of it. Yeah, so, I realize when it comes to a relationship, and it goes hand in hand with what you guys both just said. It's all about being able to have fun. Right. So when you're like able to go and do things that you're both experiencing that like make you guys have a good time, it's all great. But then when you have like a few days where you're not able to do anything except just be there in existence, that's when, you know, sometimes things get a little fiery. Yeah. If you are, there's no, yeah. you're going to, you're going to annoy each other. There's just, you know, you can't, there's no escaping it. You're going to do shit that annoys that person. And, you know, usually uh, my girlfriend works a lot. And she's always out. So all the shit that I do normally, and if I leave the, the toilet seat up or whatever I'm doing, it's bothering her now because she's seeing it every day before I have a chance to like clean the apartment before she gets back. So, you know. 
Corey leaves a lot of floaters. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, Frank, well, are you down in Red Bank right now? I am. Nice. So you've had some room to breathe. I got plenty of room. I got empty buildings my friends own. I got places I can go that no one tell you that I've been there. I've been yeah. really, really fortunate. I got a Dude, great you're doing it right. Frank's, Frank runs Red Bank. Like, that is your town. Let me throw I love some, Red Bank. Let me throw some credence at both Corey and Dan. I mean, having a girlfriend, living with a girlfriend, rough, but Right now, having that, how you doing right now, it's better than not having that, how you doing. <laughs> I, you're dead on about that. Not having that, how you doing. you got to have the how you doing. So, you know, it's just what it is. Yeah. I have doing? a roommate, right? He's in the other room. And good kid. And I don't think he's got any how you doing in the past two months. I mean, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't imagine. I don't know what I would do. I, I'd be going nuts. Every day I'd be obsessed with it. I'd be, Dude, you know, no shit. You're, I have been going nuts, Frank. You're, I'm telling you, it's been I, – I actually, though, I, I have a couple of things stirring as we speak. One thanks to you. Yeah, it's a good one. I like that one. Hell yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> and uh, thank you for that. But, yeah, it's definitely tough. Do you ever think about, like, knocking on all the doors in the building and being like, just want to introduce myself and see if we're in the same position? <laughs> you know, I'm at that point, Frank, honestly. I, I, uh, it's getting there because, yeah, Nobody- dude, Gotta Nobody's start. better at sales uh, face-to-face, door-to-door than Mikey Rolls. I mean, you jump right oh, on. Baby. There we get back to those. In the pamphlet of good health. You know, this is me over the past, you know, everything's good. <laughs> built up an immune system here. Let's go. Yeah, man. It's uh, How's the family doing, Frank? Everyone's good. Yeah, Mike just had a kid. Uncle Frank. So now you have Jerry and Mike with Ken. Yeah, Jerry. Uh, Mikey's got another one coming, though. So Mike's going to have two. Jerry's got two, and then Ashley's getting married in Is she really? December. Oh wow. Nice. H Ray. Mike, the one that got away. I know, right? Me and Ashley. Yeah. Unbelievable. Could have been Deberto always had a thing for her. He did. He I'm he actually did have a thing for her. I'm happy she never went for the uh, temptation of Deberto, but <laughs> <laughs> cool <laughs> minds prevail. <laughs> oh man. Dude, that's great. She's getting married. Is she down in Florida? She is. She actually lives about two blocks from Mike. In a oh, that's restaurant. awesome. Are you still thinking about moving down there? More than ever. Really? Of course, man. Listen, yeah. you're quarantined in, a, in an apartment right. in the uh, east or west village. You must be going fucking nuts. Dude, I'm ready to go with you to Florida. Let's <laughs> Are do you it. kidding me, bro? Yeah. It's nice to just have some sunlight. I mean, I'm waking up every day. It's 45. It's raining. <laughs> oh, Not only is everything in, like, you know, post-apocalyptic era, you know, it's shitty weather. Right. It's brutal. It's Where are we doing? We got to do a trip together when this is over. I'm, as soon as – listen, I'm going to get that test to see if I have the antibodies built up. I have yeah. to think I have them. Everyone I know has had the virus. Everyone I know around me that I was, like, with them the day before they had it, I must have the antibody built up. And as long as I do, I'm – Fucking out of here. That's yeah. Dude, it's time, Frank. It's time for us. Where are we doing? San Juan? Going to Costa Rica? What are you thinking? No, no, no. I want to go to I want to go to the heart of where it's bad. I want to go to Italy right now. Oh wow. Everything <laughs> shut down. You have the sick. It's a hot place. take. I like hot that. Take. You're, you're hot buying take. everything at 20 cents on the dollar. You know, you're living nice. You got the wine, prosciutto falling from the ceiling. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what we're missing right now. Talk about going into the volcano. That That's an interesting move, though, like heading there now where it's like, all right, well, you're going to just live like a king and have yeah, – You got the antibodies. You got the antibodies. You're, you can go wherever the hell you want. But, like, is anything open? 
I don't like know. I, go, I didn't really look that far into it, but I'm sure we could <laughs> drive our way there, you know? Frank, I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. we've got to plan an actual big trip after this. I'm not kidding you. I'm planning Italy. Why don't you come with me? I'm done. I'm down. When? That sounds great. I'm definitely doing some traveling when all this is done. I'm going stir crazy here. It's time. Yeah, Frank. What if I go to New York? Right? Frank. Talk, Frank. talk about Frankie time. How to come there? Frankie time started because of my nieces, actually. So, you know, I had this, I always had this very outgoing persona. I love the camera. I love action. I love being out. I love, I, you know, I'm like a social monster. I need it. I need people. So this quarantine really hit me. So, you know, right about the age where the cell phone phone became so proper that you could actually be your own photographer, be your own videographer and do all this. I, uh, I started taking advantage of it, mostly to get women, because that's all I was worried about at the time. And I was doing okay with it. And then uh, my two little nieces, now they're 10 and 8, one of them, I didn't really have a great relationship with either of them, and it bothered me. And I was out at an Easter party at Hudson's house, and uh, you know they're like talking about their Uncle Chris, and we're going to go hang out with Uncle Chris. I'm like, Uncle Chris, Uncle Frankie, it's Uncle Frankie time. And we all went out and we had a big party, you know, they're screaming out Frankie time, Uncle Frankie time. The next day on all my social media, Frankie time, Frankie time, Frankie time. That was that. That's great. Frank, organically, like you, the amount of followers you have off of you being you, like literally you have that type of charismatic personality where anyone that meets you, Oh, you know Frank? I love Frank. And then everyone has a story. So that's, that's really remarkable when you think about it, to what you've been able to build off of just being you. Like, and just getting that whole Instagram game from day one. It was like it was meant for you. I, I always looked at it like most people want to see negativity. They want to see death. They want to see destruction. You know, you, you drive on the highway, you know, car got in an accident. Everybody stops to take a look, right? But how many people pull over to take a look at the, the, the beautiful sunset? So, you know, you're going against a, you know, you're, you're a, a mouse fighting a gorilla when it comes to it because I breed positivity and I, I believe everyone wants to see positive stuff. So I said, you know what? Fuck it. Let me just go pure positivity. So a big part of my Instagram is just, you know, trying to make people smile. And uh, it seems like, seems like now is the perfect time for you. You must be killing it. Now I get a, yeah. you get a couple all you need is one person to say the right thing to you one day about, you know, thank you for what you did. And what did I really do? I made a video of me eating macaroni and that freaking changed your life. <laughs> <laughs> but it does. It has a huge impact. Not one, maybe about three years ago, this one girl down in, I was in South Carolina, right? I was in um, Charleston. That's where I'm at. And I'm with my family. Jerry was living in Georgetown. It was about an hour drive. So we all went out to this rooftop bar at this beautiful hotel. The name escapes me. We'll think about it. So we're going into this rooftop, and the guy opens the door, and he goes, you're not going to take a video? And I'm like, what? And he's like, it's Frankie time. And my mom's like, what? Get out of here. So I'm like, all right, that's that's pretty cool, right? Maybe about two weeks later, I don't know what it was, some funny video I posted, and this girl sends me a video of her autistic son, and he's looking at one of my videos on his laptop, and he's like just saying Frankie time over and over. And, you know, he seemed like he had some issues. 
but he was happy. And she goes, thank you, because you have no idea how much joy you bring to my And then I'm like, okay, that's unbelievable. No, you know, I mean, money would be nice too, but that's all the affirmation you need besides monetary gains. For sure, man. That's incredible. Like yeah. you can't beat that type of gratitude when you think about it. When you're making someone feel good like that, that's why we're here, right? When something you're creating, which is you, that's what's dope about that. It's you being you, and look what it, you can do with that. That's. I, I think everyone's got a gift, right? Doesn't matter what your gift is. We all know what Mikey's gift is. Not on. But, you know, everyone else has their own gift, and it's our job to give it out to people, and that's really what your life should be about. Whatever you're yeah. great at, if you could help the world, help someone, you got to do that. Well, and Frank, what I love about you, you have no you, – you're so genuine, too. You are who you are. There's no – a lot of people, there's this – that's why me and you have always gotten along. It's all real. There's no fluff or bullshit. That's yeah. what – Dan, from day one with Frank, same thing, Corey – it's as real as it gets. Like you, Frank is who he is, and there's no, he's not putting on some act. He's being him at all times. Yeah, you know, it, it ain't always the most uh, glorious, or, you know, it's not always the best content. You know, something's. Dude, like, one of the best like, memories I have. Remember Gary Escow at, at my house when you were playing piano? How funny Hilarious. was that? Hilarious. Oh, man. <laughs> that was, my dad was so pissed off. We had this family <laughs> friend who was just like, you know, no one I had any relationship with at all that most people in our, no one, I don't even know what happened to him, but Frank was doing Frank having a great time. And this guy was a musician, like a real serious composer. And Frank knew him. I think they like went back in the day, baseball, you guys, I think something happened in Warren baseball. I don't know what the hell went down, but you probably made it up. Yeah. Frank just starts going on the piano, doing his thing. And you could tell it just erupted. And it was great. I was yeah, loving it. We're a bunch of kids having a good time. Like, come on. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, it's live, com live comment. How's it going? That she uh, was one of our handouts in Denver back in the day. The many pizza nights we did. You know, there many we go. Pizza nights. Are those innuendo? Frank. Yeah. Frank, what do you use to what, what do you what do you use to edit all your videos? I've always I wondered use, that. I use Video Shop. It's an app that came out with about six years I, ago. I know Video Shop. It's great. Okay. You know, it's not the best. It's not the most, you know, robust. It's just a therapy to use. And you can literally do it off your cell phone, which is what I really like about it. I'm watch I just watched your uh for like the eighth time couple skincare video that you put up like great. five days ago or three days ago. It's every Dude, I actually look forward to when you post things. Like I genuinely watch the entire video. And Thank you, brother. That that that's a major compliment because I follow a lot of these people, and most of the time I just I'm like yeah whatever. I watch every single Frankie Time video. It's like truly some of the most entertaining content I've ever seen. Like really on like the same level. Yeah, no, you're killing it. You're absolutely killing it. Frank, I feel like you're gonna have a Netflix show at some point soon. Like if a, they were smart, ruin. Listen to me. All I want to do is I either want to go around the world and eat food for a living. That's probably yeah. number one. Or number two, I want to go around the world and make food for a living. I need to be eating. I'm tired of being in such good shape. I, I need to gain 30 pounds. <laughs> Frank wants to be fat. Give me a Netflix special, 30 pounds, 30 days. You know, let, watch him Dude. get fat. Wow. That would be I the would... best to watch ever. Maybe we should do a like, like straight-up show with Frank. 
like put on 30 and 30 where everyone has weight loss shows the exact opposite where it's like fuck that. losing weight yeah. right now yeah. would be so miserable Mortadella time. frank when did you like how often do you eat mortadella by the way is that like do you go 48 hours without eating that ever thank god recently i have because okay but like i was just talking to a friend of mine he's a comic anthony rodea he's got a huge huge presence phenomenal phenomenal comedian old school italian and he just called me because he's making a video and he's about to post it. And he's like, I'm tagging you. And I'm like, why are you tagging me? He's like, well, I mentioned mortadella. And every time I think of mortadella, <laughs> I got to give you a call. And I have the same, like, it's terrible. If I'm at a grocery store, Italian supermarket, and I see mortadella, I'm like, All right, I got to buy some. I mean, you know, I got to get through the winter over here. Well, <laughs> is it's that always so you, you, Frank? Like, you've always loved mortadella. It's definitely not my favorite. I mean, I'll take prosciutto, super sad over it any day of the week, pancetta. Yeah. But it's like the – it's the – nobody understands it. Yeah, that's why I think it's so funny. I follow your Mortadella Tree account, and that's exactly why I follow it. It's hilarious because it's definitely like the third tier of the Italian meats. The last tier. Right the last tier. Anymore. It's Mortadella. But, <laughs> you know, so many people, you know, mostly Italian – they, they grow up eating it because, you know, it is what it is to them. And in their family, they've been eating it. So, like, I have so many friends, you know, and they're just like, oh, man, how much do I want a mortadella sandwich right now? So I started eating it, and I'm like, I'm obsessed. I love it. It really is. <laughs> it's Dude, you also, your mom is the best cook on the planet from what yeah, I great. Literally, guys, Dolores Eisenband, hands down, like, her. Unbelievable. Cooking. She'll be like, after school, we come back, oh, I'm making homemade pasta from scratch. Like it was just putting together pancakes. And dude, that, have you seen her lately getting some good food in? I haven't seen her just because of this going on, but I always go down to Florida about once a month to see her. But uh, quick one. You remember Sandy? Obviously, everyone remembers Sandy. Where were you guys during Sandy? Oh, I was in Denver. Yeah. yeah. Denver. You were good. Yeah. Yeah. You guys were all in Denver? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you guys suck. So, I know, yeah. yeah. I know, I man. Wanted, so, Frank, I back here for the pandemic. I had to hit this. We did 16 days of no power in New Jersey. And, you know, I was living in Warren with my mom. Uh-huh. And we had that huge house and, you know, no way to warm it up. So we're, like, making fires every night. Look at me. She made – I'll never forget it. All the power was off. She made a linguine clam sauce. On the fly at like one o'clock in the morning, just like we're drinking, we're partying. I had some friends over. She's like, Who's hungry? Nothing works. There's no lights. No one had cell phone camera lights, just complete black uh, candlelight. And she's making linguine clam sauce. And I, it was, might have been the best linguine clam sauce I ever had. Oh, man. Thanks, That's mom. insane. I <laughs> miss her cooking, man. I, I literally, I used to get so pumped to go to Frank's house after school. Like, it was the best. We get like a hotel. It's like a hotel. People would come in. People would leave. People would sleep there. It was amazing. We'd battle rap in the basement, play video games, smoke pot, eat like kings. I mean, I never wanted to leave that place. No. Frank, seriously, we grew up pretty good, man. Seriously, so Frank, Frankie's and, house or uh, or Conch's house? Which one was your would be number Frankie's one? Until definitely Frank. uh, Frankie's house, you couldn't beat. And we had some great at roller hockey games. It was awesome. And it wasn't just me, though, Corey. I have two older brothers. Yeah. They had their friends over. So it would be like I had my gang. Jerry had his. Mike had his. Ashley had her friends there. You had 
a minimum 12 people at any given time. It was so cool. Don't live there. It, it really was. Yeah, it was just always a great environment. We'd do battle rapping, you know, getting Trank going. Trank. Trank's awesome. Yeah, he is. Right before this, I went to go see him in Arizona, and uh, he's so like, he's like a real cowboy, man. Oh, yeah. I, I ran into him randomly. When I was out there, I told you that, like last year. Popped up. It was great. Yeah, his horses. He's got seven horses right now. It's wild, dude. I saw I saw you were riding some of those horses with like some some serious masks on before <laughs> the pandemic. It was Bro. almost Frank called it. <laughs> I knew, it, man. man. I knew it, man. Now it was literally this was right when the pandemic was hitting China, and I knew it. Everyone knew it was people's like, oh, I, we didn't know. We knew. I was <laughs> buying masks. I don't just buy masks. I I was buying them. You know. Yeah. It's no, right. Uh, Hopefully, we'll get back at it soon. Here, I'm telling you, I don't know whatever. Everybody needs to just go see if you have the antibodies. If you have the antibodies, you're all good. Get out of there. You're right, and then then we can go to Italy and start crushing more to Della. Frank, what are you eating tonight? I didn't think about it yet. Um, I ate a lot yesterday, so I literally I ate two eggs this morning. I, I work out every morning, and I eat two eggs every morning, no matter what happens. That's my go-to routine. Wow. Do you do coffee? Planks with Frank. Planks with Frank. Those, no, that that is great. Episode. The Planks with Frank <laughs> I've been a while ago. I love that. That was great. I never got more than like two and a half minutes, though. I'm surprised. Like, I thought I'd be planking for like an hour. No. <laughs> I mean, it's all that mortadella. I think some guy just recently like broke the plank record for like eight hours or something like that. Maybe more. longer. Maybe it was, maybe it was a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you even do a few hours into that? Like, how do you? He was like, he was like eating during it, like eating bananas while planking. <laughs> Serious core strength. I would. Yeah. I'm too ADHD for that. I could not even think. Not to mention in that kind of shape. But damn, you have to hire a pro to like take care of you while you were planking, like a couple times. Now we're talking, Frank. Damn, dude, that hat. I love that beret. Yeah, you got a nice collection of hats behind you. Frank, oh, I got you had the stash. When did you start figuring? Okay, I'm a stash dude because you've been rocking this now for. Oh, I, at first, I thought it was going to be a fad, and then you just were like, "No, no, no, this is sticking." The second I realized how ridiculous it looks, I mean, it's, it's not <laughs> the most flattering thing. It's just no one else is doing it, and I'm like, "All right, well." But now it is, though. I think you've gotten to the point where it's like it works very it well. Work. It, it does. She works. She does. Yeah. Like, I don't know. If I was doing that for, like, six years, I don't think it would work. I'd look like a rapist or a serial killer. Like you look You should do it. Yeah. I tried this stash thing. I got way too much negative feedback, Frank. We should all do it. Honestly, all four of us should all go out of stashes. I would do it. Yeah. I mean, hey, it might be like that. Frank, do you, ever, do you ever get negative feedback? I feel like oh you probably have zero haters. Like, I'm what do they say? So many, bro. So many. I what do they say? Kid. It's impossible to be on the internet and not have haters. It's impossible. Impossible, bro. Especially if you're really like in the public eye and you're really putting yourself out there. And I do. So like I get the worst people, but I block them. I'm I'm, I'm easy. Whatever. (laughs) I block people all day, bro. Blocking them, blocking them. I love how Frank just is like, fuck them. I'm blocking them. Like when we were talking (laughs) to Brunch Boys kid, Jeremy, he's like, you know, it really gets to me, and I'll respond to these people. And I've been victim of that too, where I'll just start going down, like "fuck this guy." Frank's like, "Oh, block, moving on." That keeps <laughs> yeah. it. 
The only way you could possibly handle it is by blocking them. But I, I had a kid hate on me bad. The kid was just a fucking loser, to be honest with you. And I tried to help him make some money. He didn't have he didn't have any freaking. Everyone just wants a lottery check, right? Of course. I showed him the ropes. Show you how to make some money. I said, give me a list of people we can start calling. Couldn't put together a list. I said, how come my twelve year old cousin can make a list, but you can't make a list? Well, it's so hard. Yeah, I know it's hard. Right? It's not hard. Fucking apply yourself, have some balls, and put together a list, and then we'll do it. I'll show you the ropes. He never was willing to do it, and I know he resented it for it because then he starts watching me, and I'm out. And, you know, I got really good life, and thank God a lot of my friends are very successful, so I get to really have a better means of life than most. And he's obviously watching all this. One day he sends me a message: "You fake beep beep. You you don't got no money. You don't have a Lamborghini. You don't." I'm <laughs> just like. I'm like, wow, really? is that what I'm dealing with? Block, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I see the kid, like, in, in Red Bank, I see him at Hatch one day, and he's like, what's up? I'm like, don't what's up, man. Just what's look up? away. I, I have a block where you can press block, and then in person, it's just, you know. <laughs> I like the, the in-person block. Keep in-person block. Yeah. You know. What else is up, man? <sighs> That's it. I've been, uh... I've been watching some good shows lately, just trying to get my stuff up, trying to see what's out there. My day! There he is. What's up, buddy? Oh, Mikey Ferrara. Mikey, Great. when this is all over, we got a lot of catching up to do, bro. We got bachelor parties. We got yeah, weddings. bachelor parties, weddings, I know. Everyone, everything's been on pause, Frank. Can't wait to spend some money. Yeah, right? I know. It's time to consume again. It's terrible, bro. I love being a consumer. It's my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, <laughs> makes America great. You know, have you been doing a lot of? Have you been doing a lot of online shopping? No, I've completely shut it off for a while, just because I'm like, <laughs> I'm sitting, I'm in my apartment, so I can see where it's gonna go, and I'm like, all right, there's no room there, there's zero room here. I gotta throw out to replace it. I'm not throwing nothing out. So, I'm just ordering at the Gagliotti's place. You know, <laughs> yeah, just keeping it here. I could have, we, if we do the 30 for 30, 30 pounds, 30 days, then I'll start shopping, get some bigger clothes, you know, much more track jackets. I could be like 250, 250. That's my weight. That's what we're getting to. I'd be awesome, bro. There we go. Look who it Thank is. Mike What's up, buddy? DJ Fox. What, what are those you two different him, mics? Yeah. Oh, I love oh, those two different. Same name. Wow. Mike Ferraras of the world, right there. Both great that, guys. That, the best. Never, never going to see that ever happen again. Happy right? day live. How you doing? Who, Damn, Mike that was crazy. From si no, I remember. I, I, of course, I thought he was the man. How, Frank, how do you know him? From IU, bro. I met him from Indiana. Indiana. He came to visit. Yeah. Him. That's, Frank that's up the kind of impact you have. Oh, he was awesome, bro. Yeah, Mike that's when DeBerno was still talking to me. I kind of admired Mike Ferrara when I visited IU. He was like that quiet, chill, good-looking dude with all the cool DJ equipment. And I was just like, damn, this kid's like got it figured out. Yeah, He was slaying. I'm, I'm sure of it. That kid slays. Oh, he's the other Mike, too. It, he has, he's, he's married with a kid now, Mike. Wait, which yeah, is lives in, uh, I believe, Brooklyn. Got to go kick it with him. Frank, what are you drinking? I don't know. I'm drinking some ginger peach <laughs> turmeric. Add a million of like healthy how you doings in a glass. That's what I'm drinking. How you doing? <laughs> I love it, man. Thanks yeah, I'm for drinking. Drinking. I got some good marijuana finally for the first time since I've been out here. You met that kid, Nikki, right? I did. Great guy. Is he unbelievable? 
Really, he is. Like Nick. <laughs> Talking about veal parmesan on the go. I mean, he's the best. He shows up. He's got like, he's got, you know, like remember the old delivery service guys where they had all the great little containers with the best strains. Oh, yeah. The weed whatever you needed. He's, he's, he's like a real professional. He'll like yeah. construct the, the THC or CBD, the. This is what this is going to give you. He knows everything there is to know about his. Trade. I think I got him a little worried, Frank, because I was telling him how we were talking about the we're in the food delivery business. I'm like, yeah, man, we're looking into marijuana delivery. You know, this thing's going to be legal one of these days federally. And he had this look of, oh, shit, where you could tell. Yeah. It's like, and I'm like, yeah, maybe we can work together somehow on this thing. I think you saved <laughs> that part of it because right? immediately he was probably like, wow, this kid's putting me out of business. And yeah. it's like, wait, he can yeah, work. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, that he he definitely loves his craft too, which is great. Great, great man, really. Yeah, man. So, hey, I always have, I always admired those weed delivery services, like the Moving Madness and Cartoon Network. And I used to like go visit oh. Connell, and like we'd meet up with these sketchy ass dudes at like a Mexican restaurant, and they were two zips out on the table. And I, I was like a 16-year-old. No, right. Way before Breaking <laughs> Bad came out, Dan used to just oh, be yeah. swinging in Harlem. <laughs> Not in Harlem, but I would pick up stuff from Connell's Connects. Yeah. And then that one time my car broke down in Harlem. I got I'll lost on the way that. home. Yeah. yeah, yeah I I in, in Harlem, Connell and I come up. Sean's like, dude, what's going on here? Your brother's in like this <laughs> ghetto area in a wife beater. He's like, what's he asking for? Didn't a crackhead talk <laughs> to you, Dan? Dude, yes, it was a whole thing. It was because yeah. uh, I like, went over, I want to hear it. Yeah. Come on, so yeah. I went, all right. Like I, I was picking up, I was picking up weed from Alex Chauvin actually, and it was. I, I used to always like kind of get lost on my way home from New York. This was pre MapQuest days, so I would just like maneuver my way to the tunnel. And I, it was like a rainy night, and I went over this puddle. And it was deep and my car just like stalled out from the puddle being too deep and like flushing my car out. And I was like in this sketchy part of Harlem and the whole crackhead look dude came up to me and basically like tried stealing shit from me and then ended up smoking crack in front of me and then being like, by the way, I'm gay. And then walked off into the night. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was such a bizarre chain of events. I was just like, what the fuck? And then Mike and Sean showed up a couple hours later. You Sean's red out. Yeah, I got out of there. It was great. I never even told my parents. I had to get my car fixed in New York and like this whole thing it was crazy. Those were the days, Frank, going to get those bubblers for your brother's birthday. I was there the other day looking at them. They, they don't make them like they used to. We used to they have don't. good pieces, man. Those were the best. They really don't. That was like a whole tradition. It was great. That company Roar, they really built up their bong. Oh, but like oh they, yeah. They got to make like, I got to call I a bubbler like that. That's what I want. I want some yeah. of custom piece, you know, mustache in the front to hold it by. I'm Somebody with you. What's up, S. Rose? This guy, we went Rose. to Amsterdam together. He, he, we had some good time. Sean's the man. The right. Roar used to really do it up. When I got to college, I... I ordered the bling pin roar, which like oh, this yeah. is when I was just a degenerate and yeah, freshman year totally college. Love that. Oh yeah, it had like as the ice catcher, like twenty four karat gold. Like that's what it like advertised. It was called the bling pin, and it was like this massive tube that we used to just rip like before class at eight in the morning. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Jabron, how's Jabron doing, Frank? I don't know. 
No he, club. He, he fell off the page with Diverno. Not, not, not on Diverno's level, but I haven't seen Jimmy in wow. some wedding. Yeah, he was there. And then he stayed like at some sketchy place. I remember that. At the W. On the other side of Yeah, on the other right. side of um, Yeah. And we were on the, the beach hunting for girls, and he's like, I'm sitting home to smoke pot by myself. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, you're on vacation, bro. Act like right. Meanwhile, we're, we're, you know, we're smoking right on the beach, walking around. And it was perfect. I'm like, it was. That was a great dude. wedding, man. My, that was done so well. Like, I wish every wedding was like that, the way it, it was just set up. It definitely changed my opinion on, like, you know, I used to always be like, nah, wedding's supposed to be at one place. I love that idea. We took a – my brother had a big boat, maybe 200 and something people on it. Right, Mike? Yeah. It had it a full dance right. floor downstairs, full bar upstairs, full reception upstairs. And it was just like it was awesome. It was. We went around in Fort Lauderdale. It was dope. Yeah, we went up and down the intercoastal. You know, real slow. You see all the beautiful houses, boats, lights, and we partied. It was unreal. That was my favorite wedding I've ever been to by far. Yeah, it was sick. Yeah, that's like sick. such a, a perfect type of you know atmosphere and everyone hanging out. Yeah, Frank, we got to kick it one of these days. I was in New York before you moved, and uh, maybe about two months ago, maybe three. Hey, no. And Jerry was with me. <laughs> and, uh, and we ended up having a crazy night at a concert and edibles and, you know, I mean, as many, I had the 500 milligram packs oh. and we were just like chewing on them. <laughs> 10 minutes in, I'm like, they're going to kick in. He's like, take more. It's not working. Jerry is great. <laughs> break them up, then a nerd's rope, break it up, then another nerd's rope. I mean, you know, no, nothing short of a thousand milligrams each. All of a sudden we're like, you know, shot anyway we ended up staying at my dad's that night the next morning he's like let's go you know we'll go to newark we'll go to dickie d's get some hot dogs i pulled out another 500 milligrams i'm like come on let's take it so we take it it's not working so we take another one so now we're 500 each and i'm like you want to go to brooklyn he's like why i'm like well you know i always wanted to go to totono's pizza in brooklyn i never been there you want to go so i'm such an my, idiot my mom grew up across the street from there Sick place. So wow, we showed up. Place. I drove. I can't spell Brooklyn. I've only been there a handful of times. We we show up there. I find a parking spot. It's freezing weather. You know, COVID nineteen is just kicking Brooklyn's ass. So we're like, you know, trying to hide away from people. As soon as we get there, we walk into the totos. The guy's like, it's an hour and a half wait for pickup. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, we'll wait. And he's like, are you sure? I'm like. Bro, I said we're going to wait. Soon as we left, the edibles kicked in like full steam. We go to my car. I'm like, Jerry, I can't drive. He's like, what do you want to do? So we're walking around Brooklyn, and we try to find places open. Nothing's open. We're so screwed. We, we're walking away from all the old people thinking everybody's infected. Anyone who looks ethnic is out of our path. We find this place called Gorgulio's, which I heard awesome things about. And uh, we sat down and ordered enough food to feed 30 people. We didn't eat one bite of it because the animals couldn't even move. We just trying to waste time somewhere, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. Dude, when Corey first came to Denver, we had those Chiba Chews, Frank, with, you know, those 100 milligram doses. He yeah. had one of the Decas that was like a 10X. He was comatose on the couch for three days. <laughs> Literally couldn't move. <laughs> Those, those things knock you out like crazy, man. Yeah, they're great, though. Man, 
Dude, I'm getting starving mm. now. I need some. I feel like a chicken parm or little veal oh, action. Are you ordering out every night, Mike? Are you cooking? Of course. You know, dude, I probably ordered more food delivery the last 15 years than I don't, maybe anyone. You know? Yeah, you're pretty good at it. Yeah, I got this. Isn't, yeah. I'd say this yeah, quarantine isn't. I had tacos right before this podcast started. I made tacos. It's been, uh, we've been hello freshing it. Yeah. Frank, what are you thinking now? What am I thinking? Yeah, what are you going to eat tonight? I don't know. I'm going to try to eat clean. I know I have some uh, – a buddy of mine brought me some white truffle butter. Another buddy of mine brought me some cremini mushrooms. Another guy gave – you know, I got a lot of friends in the food business, so every time I'm around, they're like, come here, I got to give you something. You know, it's amazing. Home with, like, shishito peppers or – I think I have these baby Bella mushrooms. I got to make them tonight. So I'm thinking Frank, about – you're a hell of a cook, too. Damn, this kid knows how to cook. Well, you've been doing like the – you've kind of switched – not switched, but your Instagram is like been a lot of you cooking it, now. A lot of it. I think it's the timing. Yeah. A lot of people are looking for something to make. A lot of people want to see food. A lot of people miss going out to restaurants. So I'm able to that's like what, hit all those buckets on one thing. That's where I give you a lot of credit. You've stayed very consistent, and you've made a little pivot with your Instagram where you're you're doing it right now. Like you're one of the people that I feel like people are turning to, and like I can count on Frankie time to put out some fresh content at least a week. Where it's entertaining, watching you cook delicious stuff. It's you're doing it, man. Nobody Ups. knows better than the both of you guys. Curating content is everything. Unless you unless you're like you know, overnight some celebrities and you're Jennifer Lopez, you better be coming up with good content and you're just going to go into the bottom yeah. of the show. And you show, though, you've been you've fallen in love with the process. It's dope seeing your journey building here. And now you show up places. It's Frankie time. Like, that's Frankie insane. Time. It's great. It's really, honestly, it's the best thing ever. I was in Italy with my girlfriend. What's up, DT? DT. <laughs> DT. By the way, she's great. I met her, and I, I didn't want to say Danielle anymore, so I, I named it DT, just so everyone knows that. I yeah. created DP. I'm a curate. I curated that name though. DP. Yeah, I like so, it a lot. It sticks. Like I see her now, I think of DT. Like that's what comes to mind. Great name. Great nickname. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. it really is. <laughs> so I was in I was in Rome with her in late May, early June last year, and the uh, first night we're there. You know, his service was a little you know here and there. So I, as soon as we got back to the hotel room that night, I posted everything. The next day, I had like three people from Rome like, hey, are you in town? I want to say hi. Hey, what are you doing? So oh, my buddy Vincenzo has a food blog up there. It's called um, Roma.dinner. And uh, he's awesome. So I was like, listen, I want a good carbonara. Find the best one. So we went to this place right by um, Piazza. Which one was it? I forget which Piazza. I think it was uh, – I'll think about it. Okay. And it was – sick i met him and his family and his friends and they're all frankie time fans and you know likewise and it was just so cool getting like an authentic experience of what it's like when a, a food blogger out in italy goes out to dinner it was the coolest thing ever it really really was oh man were you yeah, in a hardcore food coma like did they just keep feeding you hardcore and like i thought it was just me and him and my girl right then like there's like six of us and i'm like oh, okay well the bill's coming i'm like ah let me do the right thing you know so i I pick up the bill for everybody and they're like, uh -huh. no, 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 no. And I'm like, no, 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 I got it. Then I looked at it and it was like like 180 euro. And I'm like, ah, give me another one. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> like, awesome. Damn. This ain't like a cat. Yeah. 
That's a Roma dot dinner. I'm right, on there now. Like, they have some great, insanely great looking shit. But like you, you learn that like you can go out and get an awesome meal and you don't got to break your bank account completely wide open. Meanwhile, my buddy Mario went to Italy last year just after me and he's like, oh my God, the food was terrible. I'm like, where'd you eat? Michelin star this, Michelin star that. I'm like, yeah. all right, well, yeah. maybe you should take a step back, you know, go to the hole in the wall where some grandma's been cooking for 150 years and go see what she's making over there, you know? Seriously. Dude, that's the way to do it. Frank, we got to go to Italy now. You're getting me. Nah, that's right, Mikey. I, I, I want to go to Tuscany bad. Dude, I've never, I've only been to Florence for like a week. I'm Let's do this. Let's do it. I swear to God. Swear, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting a test this week. It's, if everything dude, I'm, re I'm ready to go, dude. Let's do it. Well, Frank, this was awesome, dude. Thanks for coming on. What a pleasure, brother. Love you, dude. I'm pumped to see you. Mission, boys. Miss you too, man. Well, we'll be seeing a lot more of each other now Listen, that I'm here. We're going to go visit Dan down in Charleston. Dude, let's go down. Come down with That's me. That's a great yeah, town, man. Dude, Frank, I'm having a great time. Dan in Charleston. We, we went. What's the, there's a steakhouse that does a brunch over there. I'll think of the name. I think it's called Husk. Did we go to Husk? Husk. No, I, I literally mo I moved down here almost a little less than two months ago, right when this was all starting. Oh, so I've only been able to die. Yeah, I've only been able to dine out at like three places, but I will say we've been like doing a lot of the outdoor stuff. Like yesterday I was out on a boat. Like it's we've been starting to have some fun. We're starting yeah, to right. we'll have a good time down there. I mean, yeah. let's go, baby. Get the test. You're definitely positive, Mike. We me and Dan both know that you're definitely dude. Positive. I've been chilling for months. <laughs> I, I I think I'm good to go. I went through like two bouts of that already. Yeah, you're three delivery drivers a day though, you know. Yeah, you know, you gotta just I say we're Mike. I say we all have the antibodies. We're we're all in the clear. I think so too. I really do. Yeah. All right. Well, rolling boys. I love you guys. Love you, Frank. You're the best, dude. Thanks for coming on. I'll see you soon. We'll do it again. We'll call you later. Talk to you soon. Later, guys. See you, buddy. That was great. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I went over the banker's wife with Corey a bit. I mean, at the end of the day, I think I was basically going over with him, Dan. The whole notion of when is too much too much when you're like, when is your job enough where you don't have to go above and beyond to ruin your life. And I think that could be said, even when we talked about like with Chris Miller, the Gary V thing, even with just Frank on where you could tell he genuinely loves life and wakes sure. up and lives and is happy. And there's a fine line between that and then doing something you love and then some, where it no longer is a love situation. It becomes a bit too much turmoil. So let me ask you, and we can leave it at this because I know you're hungry, but uh, so I only read, and I'm going to read the rest of the book, but I only started to read the book, and it looked like he died on the plane crash, was possibly affair-related, and he had mind to his wife. Based on what you're saying, is it, does it end up being something completely different where he like gets in over his head and what he's doing or no? it's not, you got to read the book. It's not what you're talking about there. That guy dies. No, I know he dies, but does he die on a plane because he was having like an affair with no, a woman? No, no, not at all. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to read the rest of it. Yeah. But no, it just, it's more about the notion that we always talk about. Like when it, when is digging too deep too much? Where it's like, when is like the, even when on our game, we're always talking about that fine line of like, what, what is the comfort zone? And I know we're always trying to find that like financially, like when, you know, what we have to create to get to a certain point 
of comfortability ongoing. When it, and I know that's a different analogy compared to life or death here with this book, but it's the same type of mentality when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, north 10 mil in the bank. And <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Well, yeah, food for thought. But, yeah, that was a good one. Love Frank is the man. It was great having him on. And uh, it's time for some mortadella, Dan. I, I don't even know if I've had mortadella in a couple decades. I always thought Frank like made up the term. I didn't even know no. it was a thing. But yeah, so, this was a good one. Anybody, if you're listening, check out his Instagram handle, Mr. Frankie Time. Mr. Frankie Time. And when you're at it, subscribe to our YouTube channel, please. We'd really appreciate it. And our Instagram is bootstrapped in the trenches, BS in the trenches. And that's and a wrap. YouTube channel. Yeah, and our YouTube that's channel. My stomach churn, Dan. Strapped in the trenches, making moves going all out. Every day handle business. You know that the hustle don't stop. Got my team, let's get it. Reviewing books and talk stocks. Steady, keep it moving. So you gon' wanna tune in. Get low down, it's an app. Get local food on demand. Delivery right to your home. Everything in the palm of your hand. Took hard work and dedication. Come through, join the conversation. This is history up in the making. We just wanna be an inspiration. Hey, let's go.